<laughs> Rampage just had to cover himself up right now. He's like, I gotta put a blanket yeah, yeah. on. I gotta, cover, I gotta put a little blanket on me. <laughs> Waiting for a freaking. Yeah, no lie. Oh, we are live. There was no countdown whatsoever. Are we live? Yeah. That's how we roll. We don't need a fucking countdown. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Drinks and Dogs. Uh, there was no countdown on this one, um, but this is a really special episode of Drinks and Dogs. Not only do I have my brother KD Matthews on here, but we have Rampage Jackson on here. Um, so, cheers, guys. Boom. Another episode. Oh, you got the Cobra Kai cup. Hell yeah. It matches my <laughs> underwear. <laughs> so... So funny story how this all comes together, you know, just so you guys know, you guys saw the, the Instagram posts and the social media posts is we're bringing in, you know, different commentators from different, you know, walks of life that deal with combat stuff or just dogs. So, you know, we have Katie, um, I asked Rampage and Rampage was, even though I met you like one time was great, <laughs> graceful enough to be like, hey man, I got you, like no problem. Um, and responded to me really quickly. So I appreciate you Rampage for doing that. Appreciate you Katie for doing that as well. Um, and, you know, just embarking on this new endeavor that we're doing, uh, you know, with K9 Street League. Uh, the funny thing, uh, I guess, I, I met you, Rampage, what, four or five years ago? When you came down to San Jose with Kingsley? Man, it was probably more than, it was probably more than five years ago now. Because we went to, what, we went to that one bar and we went to the Russell Peters show, right? So that was, yeah. it's got to be like five, six years ago. Yeah, it was about five, it was about six years ago. It's it's pretty funny because everyone after I posted that uh, picture like on my social media, everyone always asks like, like how how was uh, how was Rampage? How was like how was like you know how was he? Yeah. I was like I was like wow, what you see on television is pretty much like that's Rampage. He's just like a fun person to hang out with. I was, <laughs> I was like we like we like it's just funny. Like this is what he does. Like, I always tell like the story of like when we we're sitting at the that bar at Keys. And like I think like at the like, it was me, you, and Kingsley, and then the the lady that you brought with you, and then we we're just sitting there, and I was like, "Do you want another round?" He's like, "Man, if I get another round, it's like we might not make it to tonight." Type of, <laughs> type of a thing when we got like the Coronas and like the tequila shots or something. <laughs> I, <laughs> and then we and then we I, I try to convince you to uh, there you go. I try to convince you to uh, did we try to convince you to take a bite? At the shop, uh, take a what? Take a bite at the shop. I can't, man. You, you, that's six years. I don't remember none of that. I've been punching the head so many times. <laughs> I, remember, I remember us going. I remember us going to see Russell Peters and stuff, and us drinking. But then I, rem I remember Kingsley got me super drunk that night or something. I was super drunk. Oh yeah, we, um, yeah, we went out. Of, we went out uh, pretty yeah, hard we, that night. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember nothing else. Because did you? Did you, oh, she probably don't remember. Do you fly back in Russell's private? Because remember, Russell was trying to get you yeah. to like go back with you, we'll go back with him or something like that to party no, with him. No, I didn't. No, I didn't, man. I, I'm scared of. I'm be. I'd be scared of those little small planes. I think his private plane was probably too small for me. I'm a big guy. Fuck that. That was probably a really smart decision. I'm saying like lots of alcohol, private jet. You know what part three is? Sex tape on the internet, and then you don't <laughs> even know what happened. That's how that shit starts. I'm just saying. Not that I know from experience, it wasn't a private jet. <laughs> I just remember being in that back room and like that was like Kung, uh, Kung Lee was in there. It was all of us in that back room at Russell Peters, like dressing room or something. And then Russell's like, yeah. 
Rampage is like, man, you you got to come with me. Like you can just, you know, we we fly private. You can just you can roll with me. And then Rampage is like, nah, I gotta like nah. I'm just like backing out of the, the room a little bit because you knew kind of what was gonna happen next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck all that shit. They're they're playing probably too small for me. Yeah. Russell, cool though. Hey, I love I love Russell, man. He cool. So whenever he's in like Irvine or something, he's doing a show. He always uh, he's always inviting me and stuff like that. But I gotta get back up there to San Jose and see you guys, man. Dude, hell yeah, man. We I mean we got plenty of uh, space for you and everything like that. So whenever you want to come up, bro, you always gotta hang out, we can do All whatever. Right. All right, Dudes, but we're working on we're working on the Canine Street League thing, and then. The K9 Street League, obviously, we're bringing in different commentators from different walks of life. You know, the K9 Street League itself is going to be, you know, the personal protection, in my opinion, is the personal protection certifier. Uh, and it comes with, you know, personal combative as well, which is going to be a scenario, which is something that we're going to tap into. Um, no, but, fine. I mean, for the most part, you know, that's why we're, we're almost asked, like, you know, the Rampage is going to be a commentator type of thing. I was like, well, we're going to work. He's of someone who fights people for a living. <laughs> and like he's done this for a long period of time, so he's gonna understand what that feels like. Um, yeah. So another reason why we're bringing you into it. Plus, obviously, awesome dude and everything like that. Um, KD, I know you had uh, you had a poll about the mustaches today. Who won? Uh... Yeah, I mean, l listen, I I'm more surprised not by the fact that I won, and so I put a little. I found I don't know what picture of Rampage, what what film this was from, but you you you're, you're working a little a little pencil stash, <laughs> and I saw that and I said, wait a minute, crop crop took one of my old week stash pictures and just I wanted to see, get a feel for the Instagram audience to let everybody know you know you were going to be on tonight. So we did a poll: whose mustache would win in a fight? And I wasn't surprised <laughs> that I won. I was surprised that you got any votes at all. <laughs> I hate that mustache. Uh, it's a movie I did uh, with, with Rashad Evans, um, Joe Carnahan, the same director of A-Team, him and Frank Grillo, Mel Gibson. It was a lot of people in that movie. It actually airs today on Hulu. And, uh, yeah, he, he gave me the, uh, the he gave me the mustache. He, uh, he, gave, he gave me the, uh, the little small mustache and, uh, and uh, he made me a German twin. So I was like some German dude. I was like, Joe. Have you ever seen a black German dude? <laughs> gave me a little mustache. At least, at least he didn't give you the Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told. I just. Yeah. I said that, was, that would have been even funnier if he gave me the, the Hitler. That's a little too much irony for 2021. <laughs> just start off with a bang. That's pretty much what's going on. So yeah. Speaking of that, what what do you got going on, Rampage? What's uh, how's everything been going? Everything going good. I I started um. I, I started training with Antonio McKee. He's one of the best uh, MMA trainers uh, in, in the world, personally. And so um, I was staying in a hotel, like a standard stay hotel up here for like two months. And that bill got too expensive. So I decided to rent me an apartment down the street from the gym because his gym was like uh, like 45 minutes away from my house with no traffic. And you know how California traffic it is. So I just decided like stay up here and, and train for a couple of months. I want to lose like 50 more pounds. And um, then once I once I lose, um, you know, once I get back in shape, I want to uh, start looking for my last couple of fights. I want to do like maybe like three or four more fights and hang it up. Well, uh, what, uh, you're pretty young too, right? What? How old are you right now? I'm 42, man. That's 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 the age. That's the age where I should have I should have been hanging it up a couple of years ago. But I'm scared I'm going to miss it. 
I'm scared. I'm going. I, I don't want to. I don't want to retire until I'm done. Until I'm sick and tired of this sport because I I see fighters retire, then they come back, and and when they come back, they've been gone for too long, and and I just know I'm going to miss it. Shoot, being forty. I mean, you you aged well, especially if you're getting punched in the face. Yeah, man. I'm thirty-six, and you look younger than me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm sixty. Yeah, I'm, fuck, I believe it. Let me, let, so that may, I have a question for you. Yeah. So you said you referenced, you know, your concern that you don't want to miss it, right? What is it about the process that gets you going? From the is it the is it the the, the process of the training, or what's the climax of it for you that you know? It, that you're thinking about right now, what life would be like without it? Is it the actual event? Is there some type of, and I, I and the reason why I ask, because I talk about this a lot in the context of dogs, right? So I, I tell people that for me, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling and grappling, that's my medicine. Yeah. Like when I don't have that, shit gets weird. Like day-to-day shit isn't right. So for me, that's like my, feels good. But that shit ain't my living. That's like a hobby for you. It's a living. So what aspect of it like draws you in to the point where like you're like, man, what's life going to be like without it? It's you know, it's the drilling of um of not knowing if you're going to win or, or get your ass kicked. Is that is that and then it's the it's the high of after you just knock somebody out or the referee just pulls you up off somebody and they raising your hand and and the crowd's going going wild. That's that's those two things is something that you know, I miss, you know, when I'm walking out to the cage and stuff, I've noticed sometimes like the last, maybe the last five years, I'm asking myself, why am I still doing this? Why am I still doing this? Then as soon as I get in the cage and I land that first punch and I think, oh, this is why I'm doing it. I I, I love fighting. I just love it. And I'm, I think I'm going to miss it when, when I retire. So when I retire, I think I might do like jujitsu tournaments. I still might spar in the gym just to stay in shape because I let myself go the last couple of years and and you know I'm now I'm kicking myself in the ass for that. And I think I'm just going to have to keep keep training it, but I'm going to miss competing. And now my son is my 20 year old son. He's he's thinking about getting to well. I know he's training to get into the sport, so you know it'll keep me around for a long time. Yeah, well, nice. What was? And these are these are my questions, right? These aren't even care. So the people watching right now, like, hey. Guess what? I'm hogging this because I got this man's attention. I have questions, right? Um, <laughs> you're, how did you get started like with getting paid for this? What was the, 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 the step from I like knocking people out on a Friday night because I enjoy it. It's fun. And now I'm going to get paid. What did that look like for you? Man, it was it was a mistake. Uh, after, after I wrestled in college, I went home. And one of my old uh, friends I used to wrestle with in high school was training for an MMA fight. He asked me to help him train. The champion uh, of my hometown, Memphis, his opponent pulled out, and they threw me in a fight three three days notice. And I ended up beating the champion. Damn. I ended, I, I ended up beating him, and, uh, and and they were like, oh, you're a fighter now. You, you got to be a fighter. Can you please turn on vibrate? I'm sorry, guys. I got some unprofessional people over here. Lock my dog in the room. He's over here barking and got phones going off. I told him, like, look, I'm doing something live. Don't make me look bad. And that's all they're trying to do, make me look bad. I'm still kind of butthurt. You didn't send uh, what uh, Gizmo to me. Yeah, I want I want to give, I want you to bring <laughs> Gizmo and make him a killer. Gizmo, come. Gizmo, come. Look, this guy need this guy need to be potty trained. And you can be a killer. Gizmo, who is this right here? Gizmo, come. <laughs> 
He got a toy in his mouth. Gizmo. Gizmo, come. Come here, Gizmo. Come here. You want a treat? You want a treat? Come on. You want a treat? What's up? I had a trick. <laughs> Look at You need to train him, man. Make him a killer. Right. Make him a killer. One of the baddest men on the planet with a, a fluffy dog with a green mohawk. <laughs> Make him a killer. He needs to need body train. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't want to say this. I don't want to talk bad about the people training him, but I sent him away to get training because it was close by the house. I, I paid three grand, and the, the main focus was to potty train him because these breeds, I don't know, they don't like to be potty trained or something. And and he was gone for a while and come back. The day he came back, he pissed in my house. <laughs> I think you, I remember you asking me about that, like, hey, uh, how far are you from here? Can I get him? I was like, you, you just, I think you were filming, you're filming a movie or something when you asked me. And then you were just like, I, I can't get him down to you or up to you type of a thing. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that dog, I don't know. At first, honestly, at first I thought he was deaf because he would never come when you called his name. And then, then when I found out he wasn't deaf, I just thought he was dumb. When I took him to get trained, the, uh, the lady said, oh, he's actually pretty smart. But he just don't give a fuck. He's been doing this the whole fucking time. <laughs> the whole time. All he know how to do now is sit. That's all he know how to do. I don't know. Oh. I saw one of your Instagram stories. He knows how to do something else. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll, he'll, he loves his beds, I tell you that. <laughs> That's lust, my friend. That's not love. Man, oh. I, I don't know what it is. I, I got him a girlfriend. She She's in heat. I put them in a room together. And I'm sitting there watching him trying to, you know, I don't know what to do. I, I didn't know you. I didn't know you had to do anything else. I look at him. He's humping the damn bed right in front of his girlfriend. I don't know. She's in like, heat. see what I'm going to do to you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured like he didn't want to cheat on his bed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the offer still stands. So you can always send his ass up here. Yeah, I'm about to do that. I'm about to do that. Oh, so... Katie, we have this constant conversation um, and it's something that we talk about a lot. It's like for us, like for me, like I utilize a lot of ground game when I do like my bite work with my dogs and I use a lot of pressure and like, you know, kind of jujitsu type of stuff. And I put them into like defensive states, you know, like it's, it's, it's something like highs and lows, just having them like overcome things, like being the good sparring partner, like a sparring partner that's getting ready for your fight, right? They're going to test you for certain things, but they're going to they're going to kind of take it back a little bit, just trying to show you the picture of what they're going to see. So Katie and I have talked about this a lot, um, and it's based on, like, I guess, like, people's, like, genetic traits and just how, like, they act. Or, Katie, you can probably explain this better than I can, like, yeah, how can. they react to certain things. So, Katie, go ahead, take away. Uh, it, it's something, and the thing is, it's that's why we're bringing it up to you, man, because, like, the parallels between how a dog is going to view people the way they view other other dogs. It's the same way that, this is my theory, that we do, right? And so the example I talk about, you know, I tell people all the time, listen, your dog knows who you are. You can't lie to your dog. You can't, you can't fake shit. Your dog, I just did a meme the other day. You know, your dog knows exactly how many fucks you have to give, and you can't fake zero fucks. And they get that about us. And, you know, my belief, my position is, man, that's some primal shit. Like, they can smell it on you. They can see it on you. And then when Mike and I are talking, I'm like, listen, 
men do it, whether they realize it or not. You can look at uh, you can look at a guy, and there's just something about a look at his face, a look in his eye, and you're like, if this happens, it's going to happen, happen. And you know what Mike and I were talking before the show was like excited to have you here to say like from your experience, whether it was outside of the ring training or walking into the ring, can you relate to that at all? Like where where you just look at someone and you're like, I haven't even thrown a punch yet, and I got you, or it's like, oh. This is going to be, we're going to go at it. Yeah, man. It's the energy. You know, you get, you can feel it. Like when you're in the, when you're in a gym and you're training with other fighters, man, that's sometimes it's worse than, than, than the fight because in, in a lot of MMA fighters, you know what I'm saying? A lot of alphas together and everybody want to be the top alpha in the gym. That's what guys try you the most, you know, and you can smell it. Like I know I'm sparring with somebody, especially I hate sparring with people I don't know. I don't know well. They always try to test you and, and everything. You you know exactly what you said. You know you you know it's primal. It is even with with humans. You can I can I can tell a lot of time like oh hell I'm gonna have trouble with this guy. And sometimes be like a young guy, big young guy. I'm like damn that. It's like I, I'm about to fight in the gym. I ain't finna make no money, but I gotta kick this dude's ass or get my ass kicked. It's like that. Well, especially you that. being you too. I mean, like they you. I would I gotta think like. People are gonna probably think like, "Oh, hey, I gotta make a name for myself," oh, you know, man. and you know, freaking spar rampage. Like that's what they gotta think about, bro. It's wild. They they will give their phone. I, I peep it a lot of time. They'll give their phone to their friend, or they'll set the phone up and videotape set up in the corner in the gym before they go with me, and so they can have some have some footage. I remember when I first started noticing this, I was fighting in Japan. Not that many people knew who I was, but you know, fighters knew who I was. I went back home to Memphis and I and I trained with my first. My first trainer, Jeff Mullen, and um, he had some guys at his gym, and uh, most of them I didn't know because you know, I've been gone for a couple of years. And this one big dude who wanted to spar. He asked to spar me. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm just there training with my with my coach. He had passed up. He wanted to spar. I moved around with him. He tries to knock me out. So, so I, I gave him a, a, a big ass body shot, and and I didn't try to, but I broke his ribs. But but he was he was coming at me really hard. This was the first time I this is the first time I noticed what was going on. He and I was like, I'm like, I'm sorry, man, but you uh, was trying to knock me out. He said, Yeah, but but um, you're a pro fighter. I thought you can take it. <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, but I can, I can give it too. You coming? You bigger than me. I don't know you. Some because because martial arts is is something different. Like just because somebody's not a professional fighter, it doesn't mean that they might not be good at at a certain martial art. Like we wasn't doing MMA. We was doing kickboxing. You know, so he could have been a, a good martial artist. He could have been a, a good kickboxer. He could have been a better kickboxer than me. That's how martial arts is, you know. I don't know if he's a good, a better kickboxer than I am because, you know, I'm not a kickboxer. I'm a wrestler by, by trade. I just do mixed martial arts. That's actually, I mean, I, I like that, like, segue with it, too, because I feel like that transcends a lot in KD, um, if you have any opinions on this. I feel like that segues a lot into dog sports because – there's so many different variations of what dog sports are. You know, there's your bite dog sports, there's your AKC obedience, which I feel like, and rally obedience, which I feel like is very underrated when it comes to some of like the advanced stuff, you know, like, you know, the work that they put into it. And then the bite sports, I mean, like, there's so many different segments, and especially with Canine Street League, you know, we, I, well, Katie, uh, we talked to a guy named, uh, I don't know if you, you've probably seen him on like Instagram, 
uh, Rampage. It's a guy named Nino. It's SESK9. He does a lot of like fancy like movements. Like he usually has ads on there. But mm. we talked. I talked to um, uh, Nino uh, the other day, and Nino Dewar, and he was talking about doing like a almost. We we ended up coming up with the name like Freestyle Battle, like a b boy battle. When it comes to like his like his movements, and it's all like a bunch of fluid movements and luring and stuff for just people, but like there's so many different like sections of what sports are, and even like coming into like combat sports, you know, like for me, I I started I mean combat sports freaking you know at 16 when I was doing uh, you know boxing and everything like that, and like it's this like you said like you know you're a wrestler by trait and then you become mixed martial arts like there's so many. I remember the first day I walked into Fairtex in fucking Mountain View and I. I was like, oh, Golden Ghost Boxer, cool, cool, cool. And then, like, I go in there with, like, someone who's, like, they're one of the training training uh, partners, and I go into sparring night at Fairtex, and I got my fucking front leg blown the fuck up. That shit, <laughs> that shit was gone. Like, it was, it, was, it was like, all right, cool. Like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that shit sucked. Yeah, I mean, because that's how you, yeah, that's how you, you transition, but the different things, like, combat sports is not always combat sports. It's you know, one thing in particular, it's a bunch of variations of different things. You know, you get the the wrestlers, and then you get—I mean, well, you're an exclusion from that that uh, actual sentence I was gonna say. Like, you know, you get the wrestlers who just like like you know the Matt Hughes stuff, who punch, punch, take down, lay and pray type of a thing, and then you get the wrestlers who you know like yourself who knock the fuck out of knock, people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just slam them on their most head. And, most of the times. I think the the Ricardo was it Ricardo Arona that that's one of the more famous slams in uh, mixed martial arts history. Oh Pretty yeah, cool. yeah, but you know that was that was like back in the day before um, martial arts uh, before MMA was mainstream in America. It was mainstream in Japan at that time, but it wasn't mainstream in America. So a lot of the new fans they don't know nothing about that. That's that's you know, that's gold for us old time MMA fans. If you haven't seen that, guys, and you're watching this, make sure you Google that because that is a uh, fairly amazing. Come on, the old pride, <laughs> the old pride stuff. That shit was fire. It's like UFC is over here. It's like if you were watching Pride and then you watched UFC, you're kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's like you know, the people stomping each other, crazy. <laughs> the referees are coming out. They weigh like 98 pounds, soaking wet, and they're trying to move the heavyweights into the center of the ring, like. <laughs> <laughs> it was fire. It was so, more of a show. They, they, so a cool thing um, about Street League, and this is why I'm excited to have you involved with it, is like you mentioned this earlier, Rampage 2. It's like, you know, you got like a bunch of alphas in the room and everything like that. Then, you know, it's energy, right? So like you're feeling, you're, you, you feel that, right? And dogs, you know, communicate on what I call a paralanguage. You know, they, it's, a, it's an energy-based type of a thing. As you're a decoy, when you're staring down a dog, you can quickly reinforce defense and then you can quickly switch back and pray. Uh, and then you can do that in a bite as well. But what I'm planning on doing with some of the higher levels in street league is actually involving the handler, the person that's holding the dog or working with the dog into some form of combative, uh, you know, trait. So it's going to, you know, produce more energy. It's going to produce like, you know, where the decoy is attacking the handler and actually not like just fake tackling like, oh, hey, but like, you know, going after the handler. So the the handler's going to have to learn some form of combative, you know, response as well. Uh, and a lot of it being energy based and like Hidi and I have talked about this before, 
you know, it, it changes the way and the dynamic of the relationship when the, the dog and the handler are put through a specific amount of stress. Um, you know, as far as like what you, you know, when you feel like when you're in, like, you're stepping in the cage and you're fighting, like, you know, what's like, what's the energy like for you? Like, what do you, what do you feel when you're, when you're about to do that? Oh, when I'm about to fight, man, I'm, when I'm about to fight, you know, I'm a, um, I'm a totally different person. And it, and it, and honestly, it depends on where I'm at uh, in the world where I'm fighting. Like in Japan, my energy is different uh, versus uh, America, and, and and who I'm and who I'm fighting as well. You know, this uh, energy, whether you know it or not, is is everywhere, and it's and it's very important. Man, but uh, I I remember um, I remember like I just try to be focused, but I can't I I can't like put myself in that mind frame because I go, I turn, this when I turn to a rampage, but um, I, I just remember I just try to be focused and you can get, I try to be um, positive right before I fight because honestly, it's one of the hardest things in the world to do to walk to a fight when you know you're about to get in a fight. You, you know, when you, when you fight on the street, you don't, you don't know you're about to get in a fight. Like something happened, a fight jump out, boom, you just, you just, you know, go off, off, um, you just go off, um, you know, your reactions. But have you ever been a kid and and and, and your mom told you, "Oh, uh, your dad gonna whoop your ass when he get home," and you know you better get an ass whooping? That that anticipation, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's so it's like it's really hard for me to like put it into words. So the energy, my energy is like it's like all over the place. But I, but I always try to be positive and and I try to like uh, you know, I believe in positive energy. So I, I try to my best to be positive you know because sometimes your mind play tricks on you you get bad thoughts you get thoughts of this guy kicking your ass and you're like oh no i gotta i gotta visualize me whooping his ass so my energy be all over the place at certain times it just depends on where i'm at in america i'm be honest i'm be honest i love the japanese fans way more than american fans the japanese fans the energy in there is just solid it's good it's good energy and i don't even have to worry about anything i just go out there all i, all I focus on is put on a on a good show for them all right but when you fight in america the energy is just off balance and stuff because in america with my style i like to put on i like being entertaining that's i wanted to be the, the most entertaining fighter but in america it's a lot of fair weather fans this guy can really love you be wearing your t-shirt and if you you know get your ass kicked you out there fighting a hard fight and you get clipped you get knocked out or you get submitted Hit you on your t-shirt and talking shit about you as you walking walking back to the back room. <laughs> you know, what I'm American fans are like fairweather fans, like, oh, you lost, you suck. I'm like, well, you get here and do it, then, bitch. You know, that's just it's just how it is. So the energy is is different from what countries I, I fight in. KD, and you can probably vouch for me on this. That sounds that sounds the same as American dog trainers. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> it, it, it's the same, and. And to kind of co-sign, like everything Rampage just said, it is definitely not a Rampage thing. Uh, a good friend of mine, Carl Malenko, he fought in Pride like way back, like Pride was like six and seven and, and did Pancrase over there. And I, we've had a lot of long conversations. And he has said the exact same shit and then some. I mean, he didn't fight a whole lot here. It was all over there. But he's like, the culture is completely different. The fans are completely different. He's like, they they worship you. Like, they are your fan, whether it's 
a work, whether it's the real deal, it doesn't matter. Like they are so into it. It's so low. He always talked about me. I wish I'd go back. I'm like, well, take your ass back then. He's like, oh, I'm old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, your fan, fan in Japan is your fan. Whether you, whether you, whether you win or lose, all they ask is if you lose, as long as you tried. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember my first fight in Japan, I lost, but they loved my fighting style. I even had this girl. Like when I was when I was walking out, everybody wanted to take my hand, but you know how the 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 the, um, the building like the rows go up, so you can't shake everybody's hands. The rows got high, and this one girl, she wanted to shake my hand, and she couldn't reach me. And the guy's like, "This girl is going crazy. She really want to shake your hand." And I remember the guys put me on their shoulders and pick me up, and I try to shake her hand, and she goes, she reaches in for a hug, and she reaches in for a kiss. I don't know, like I don't know this chick, and so I turn my head, so she kissed me on the jaw, and she and she gave me an ear job. She started. <laughs> You got sucking on the top of my ear. I'm like, wow, this is my first fight in Japan. I wonder, wonder what the girls are sucking on. like number fight. seven going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been, I, I tell you what, man, I love the Japanese fans. And I've been looking for that one fan that gave me the ear job for like 20 years. Haven't seen this. <laughs> Craigslist, man. Just put an ad on on Craigslist. You'll find her. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Well, so. You know, getting into you know what Street League is going to be and everything that we're working on. I mean, like this is kind of the dynamic that I've been looking for. Is like you know just when we because Rampage, you probably don't know um, because like you know the the dog sport worlds, uh, it's probably worse than the MMA world and everything like that. They're a bunch of assholes, um, even more so. Um, so what we're trying to do with you know the Canine Street League thing is to create this universal sport where it's a professional sport because dog sports aren't professional. Like no one gets paid for doing anything. You actually spend a ton of money to go out there. Yeah. To go out there and compete, pay a trainer. I mean, you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars just to step on the field to get a plastic trophy or a ribbon. Well, excuse me. Excuse me. Hold on. Back up. The stuff I be seeing on TV where the dogs be doing a little uh, obstacle courses, jumping through that and they be running up on a thing and come down and run through the little tunnel. They don't, those people don't get paid. The dog, went, they don't get paid. Nope, what they don't the get fuck? no money. And think about it this way: the decoys, like let's you see, like if you ever like look at my like uh, my page or like any other protection sport pages, because there's a lot of different protection sports. Those decoys don't get paid either, and they're forced to wear small uh, suits that you can fill everything in. And you said you said you got bit by a dog in the suit, right? When you went to like the you you visited like an army base or something. No, I didn't do it. My my friends, my friends did it when we went to go visit the SAS in uh, India. Yeah, yeah, and then some of those dogs they have metal teeth. Yep. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. I'm like, hell no, I ain't doing that shit. Dude, so it, those guys don't get paid shit, like, <laughs> like or anything. Like they don't get paid anything. Um, so the purpose of Canine Street League was to make it a professional, the first professional sport in dog sports. And keep yeah. it continuous and have it something that where we have commentators like your guys, like you guys, um, you know, someone who understands dogs, someone who understands combatives uh, and, you know, make it fun and light and like what we can do, but also make sure that we're paying, we're, you know, compensating these people who are one sacrificing their bodies as decoys. Uh, and, you know, because, you know, that, you, as you know, like getting hit in the head and, you know, smacked and bruised and all this stuff, like I can barely feel anything on my left arm anymore. I just got like my, I don't even know. 14th concussion after getting hit by that goddamn car a month and a half ago. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of different things. Like, 
that we're not compensated for as being a decoy. And it's the same thing. And I feel like it's it trans uh, it translates to like being a fighter, you know, because for the longest time fighters weren't are, are you know aren't getting compensated. Even now, you look at some of the some of the fighters out there they're not getting compensated well for getting hit in the head. Yeah, I know it's a lot of fighters who pay that much. Yeah, and it, and it sucks because you sacrifice well, as a fighter what you go through eight, ten week camp. You sacrifice time away from family, whatever you got to do. I mean, even you, like you're moving from your house to go training yeah. somewhere for a couple months. You know, that's a lot of different things. So, like, what handlers have to do is they have to, you know, spend thousands of dollars uh, working with a training club, you know, and they spend, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you know, signing up to go to this freaking trial. They have to buy, pay for their own hotel, all this other stuff. And then they get this little cheap ass trophy or like a certificate or a ribbon or something like that. But why would it, why would they do that? Because uh, are they doing that for their business? Because they're like established dog trainers or to promote their business. Most of the time, they're doing it out of the lot. Like it's just what they do. Because they, they, they want to do it. Wow. They want to do it that bad. Yeah, and just because they want to do it, and dog training is a, a outdated thought process. Because a lot of the traditional old school guys fall into that tradition aspect of it where it's like, oh, hey, like, this is how you do it. And like, I was, I was the same way when I teach, I'm the same way when I teach my apprentices, but they also have rewards on the aspect of, okay, like, hey, you can be like, well, how I, like, you know, what we do now and, you know, everything that we do now, like, this is how it can be. Like, I'm not like, oh, just beat you down until you like, you know, you, this is what life is. Um, but what I, like, what I, when my idea with the uh, street league was, um, you know, Oscar, uh, Oscar Moore came up with the actual whole perspective of it, but was to actually compensate handlers and decoys and the teams and the clubs for their wins to make it actually like where people can do what they love for a passion, like the, their passion. And like, that's where Streetly comes from. Cause we're, you know, it's all privately funded through like Primal Canine and, it's all like basically make sure that like handlers and everyone can actually make a living doing a sport that they love to do and actually be compensated properly and you know i guess what accommodated what's the word for like when someone wins something like you know getting like a championship like actually being like recognized fucking recognized yeah recognized properly for all that stuff you know and that's the whole point with the canine street league is one you know obviously the dog's going to be a personal protection dog or you know, or the new thing with Nino, uh, with the freestyle battle, or with Mike Nesbeth, the uh, you know the scent detection, and they can actually be recognized and compensated for their wins and the work that they've done because a lot of these guys go years and you know if not decades with uh, no compensation and just getting a bunch of get a room full of plastic trophies and spending thousands of dollars living in the shack type of a thing. So the, the street league uh, is the first actual i would say pro, uh, professional sport but i'm happy to launch it with you guys yeah that's what's up man yeah you're gonna yeah. Rampage, you're gonna see when you're there and you, <laughs> you're gonna see people doing things with dogs that it's got did he just do that i'm like yeah he just did that like now that took him and that dog hundreds of hours to work that through and then you're seeing dogs like full out in combat with humans and it's like, is that really happening? It'll, it'll blow your mind. You want to see this right now? No, I mean, like, during the trial. Like, when oh. we're there in person, right in front of us, seeing it, smelling it, hearing it, 
Is it? I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there, Mike. I'm going to see it. Yep. Oh, nice. Well, okay, so you're, you're going yeah. to love this one, uh, Rampage. Is uh, we changed the first trial from uh, Los Angeles to Memphis, my hometown, baby. Yep. Yeah. When is this one? Uh, we're April. We're in Colorado. April, May, June. Uh, we're shooting for mid July. All right, that's that, that's that's good. That's good because I I I might have to go to Columbia at the end of June and I get back July third. So that's perfect. Perfect. You beating yeah, someone I'm up over there? No, no, I'm going to get stem cells, man. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, really, I'm I'm really serious about you know uh, you know getting back getting back at to like the you know the best I can be in my older age. You know, a lot of fighters are going overseas getting stem cells, and um, America well, just. Just ain't with it. Well, I heard uh, Joe Rogan talking about that did, a while right? ago, and I didn't know if that was just like a Joe Rogan aluminum foil type of thing, or if that's like legit. People are doing that, and it's working, bro. It's legit, and it works. Like a lot of people, not just athletes. Uh, 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 the company that that's doing mine, they uh, they said, "Oh, we don't we don't make money off you athletes. Uh, when you guys when you guys use it." And you go back and do your sport, and and the fans and people know that they could. Your fans know you. They know your injury and how you were. They say they they see it work on you. They come in. They come in and, and get it. Like older people and, and a lot of people know about. It. People do their research. They know about it, and it, it works. But for some reason, I don't understand why our country is like that. But they just don't. They don't. They want to. They don't want to allow it. So we had to go out of the country. For them, I have no idea. I don't want. I don't. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not into politics. I'm not into like all the. Uh, I don't trust the government. All this. I don't. I'm not into that stuff. I just don't understand. You know what I'm saying? I never. There's never been my focus. My my whole life, my focus has been like on entertaining people, fighting and stuff like that. So I don't understand uh, why we can't do it in America though. But it's real. It it, it works, man. Hmm. We're about to go to Columbia, Kitty. Huh. I'm, I'm already booking flights in my head. I got the Google chip going. My phone is picking up this whole conversation anyway because it listens to everything. And I'm sure when I turn it on, there will be plane ticket, hotel advertisements, <laughs> and, and G-strings on there because we said the word Columbia. Yeah, Mike, I'll text you, I'll text you the people that's doing mine. I'm going because uh, Frank Mirror and some other fighters uh, referred me to them. Like They're supposed to be like one of the best. And, and they take the best care of it. Like, and it's like, um, they say it's like a uh, what would it say? It looks like you in like a real. It's not like an office or nothing like that. It's it's like straight up legit, like you, like a, in a surgical room, and it's like real sterile and stuff. Yeah, I have a I have a funny story about Frank Mir. Uh, this is fourteen, thirteen years ago. Uh, he came down. Or I was up in not Las Vegas. I was in Los Angeles. I, I can't remember the actual gym, but I went down with like Ganyao, like from Fairtex, Ganyao Fairtex. Yeah. And I went over there, and like I, I didn't have no clue how big Frank Mir actually was. Yeah, like I'm six foot tall, like roughly at that point two twenty, and like rolling with him, like I was just like, he probably don't, you probably don't remember me whatsoever, but like rolling with him, I was like, dude, it was like you're like that's scary to have like that <laughs> that he's, that he's much big. like control. Yeah, he's big and he he's really good at jujitsu. That is scary. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus, like Jesus Christ. Like he's a big dude. I, like I think uh Leopoldo Sorrell, uh, who I was training with at the time was just like, Yeah, start on your back. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, a big, he's a big guy. I think he's bigger than me. Dude, he's he's a big dude. Like, how? What do you think about the Antonio Trevor fight? You know what, man? I think I think uh, MMA like we're used to five rounds, five minute rounds. I think that's that's probably would be the only advantage that uh, Frank Mir will have in that fight because. He used to go in five minutes, and so he he can go balls to the wall for three minutes in his head. Like, yeah, three minutes ain't shit. How many rounds are they doing? You know? Yeah, I, I the trailer. I think they're doing eight. Oh yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. He ain't gonna want to go balls to the wall for eight rounds, but Tarver, I don't know. I wouldn't fight him. Excuse me, excuse me, guys. I've been training my ass off. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fight. Tarver, my first boxing match, but but I, I don't know I don't know Mir's I don't know Mir's boxing I don't want to talk bad about Mir because Mir is known to be a judicial guy but I don't know his his boxing skills but you know Tarver used to be a champion at boxing and and, and those guys those boxers they've been doing that shit since they little kids. Yep. It's like it's like it's like same thing you asked me if it would say like Tarver is doing a judicial match against Frank Mir like how do you see that going it's the same thing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You got to give something to be said about repetitions, and you know we talk about this with with dog training in particular, like with decoys, like the guys getting bit, and when you're watching a really good decoy working a dog, man, yes, they have to have some halfway decent reflexes. There's like a bare minimum competency you have to be able to do, but that guy who's been working dogs for a while all the time, sometimes. It can almost be like a false sense of, oh, he's just really quick. Not necessarily. You got to understand, he's had a dog come at him hundreds, thousands maybe of repetitions to the point where he can start to anticipate things. So when we talk about someone like Antonio Tarver in boxing, never mind physical attributes, He's seen punches coming at him from every angle, from different height, different sides. It's mathematics. It's mathematics. He's seen it happen that many times. And that's a huge advantage when, when you're talking about a, a fight like that is, well, how many times and how many variations of punches has someone else seen? Because it matters. Right. So it's, you're right. I agree with you on times. But I'm going to be rooting for my boy, uh, Frank Mir. You know, I love yeah. that guy. Me, me and Frank, we get along great. He's a great guy, and uh, he's an MMA fighter. You got to stick with the MMA fighter. So I'm, I'm rooting for uh, Frank, and I, I think he got a, a punch of chance. Hopefully he get, hopefully Tarver is slow, or he's is a reason why he retired, and and Frank lands like a good punch and knocks him out. Call it a slip overhand right. Yeah, that's I, I'm calling a slip overhand right. Um, before so, I, I'm gonna go into two different things here. KD mentioned something pretty well. Um, seeing pictures. This is how dogs see things, right? They see things in pictures. Same thing with fighters, right? Because we we always work like mitts or like, you know, just seeing the certain things or in sparring. We're working for, you know, the opponent that we're facing. Mm -hmm. So if the same thing applies when it comes to a dog facing a decoy. You know, they have to see the pictures, right? They have to see exactly what they're getting. It's not just go out and bite whatever you get. It's go out there and bite what technically you can actually get and also be able to you know crush and counter and do those things so they have to see the pictures so you have to be a good sparring partner in that sense and i think that's something that's 
I, I've always, I, I implement a lot from, you know, my combat and sports background into my decoying. And like, I'm always the good sparring partner, putting them on the same thing. Like I always tell people like when it comes to like, all right, we're hitting the back. All right, cool. Like that means that, you know, we're using a tug, we're hitting mitts, we're using a sleeve, we're, you know, sparring, we're using the suit, we're doing things like that. Like those are just like how I, that's how like me mentally, how I actually like process a lot of the stuff that like I do with like my clients. And, you know, it works out really well. And then I tell them, like, okay, we're, we're fighting today or we're, we're going to test today. You know, we push, you know, we push past that. Like these are, you know, these are the days that we're going to go hard. We push past that, but we also always go back to the basics. So I kind of always, I've based my things off of coaching from, you know, jujitsu to boxing to kickboxing and all the things I've had. I always base it off of that. And I feel like that's helped a lot of the dogs that I have and that I've trained um, be better protection or sport dogs based off of that utilizing the combat sports um thing yeah rampage have you ever coached anybody even informally in your gym and your teams well uh i i, I did the ultimate fighter i coached that two two seasons and that's when i decided that i never want to be a fucking coach i'm a fucking terrible coach but at the gym uh, I show some guys a few things that what I think is uh, that help him out. And, and my son, I show him some stuff that I know will, will help him out. Cause my son is strong like me, just gifted with uh, God-given strength. Thank God, because that got me out of a lot of troubles. And um, and, and I, I always sucked at jujitsu, but I was good at, like, defending it and getting out of certain moves. So I, I'm coaching my son on all the all my jujitsu defenses that work for me, and then people see and people in the gym see me teaching my son and stuff. So a couple of those guys are like interested in and learning because the stuff because my defense to jujitsu to jujitsu is not traditional jujitsu. It's like stuff I just made up, and so other guys in the gym like looking at like, wow that looks dope and they trying it out. But it works for my son. It worked for me. But I'm not a coach. I I, I I won't I won't coach it. I won't coach anybody. Even when I retire. I'll be there with my son. I tell him like a few things here and there, but I, I will never coach anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't have the paces. I don't see how you guys are training dogs or something like that. I don't have the paces. I do not have patience at all. Never mind training dogs. Training dogs. Training dogs. <laughs> <laughs> because I drink. <laughs> I, don't do it. I can't do it. I don't have patience. I, I try to teach. Um, I wanted to teach Gizmo how to walk on his back legs. And and the dog trainer said like, oh, you got to strengthen up his legs first. You got to give him a treat and give him to stand on his legs and walk and walk. You got to keep doing. It. I gave up after two days. I fuck that. My 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 other dog, my oldest dog, Adronicus, He he's really old. He's a big. He's a red breeze. Adronicus massive. And he's a smart dog. I taught him that you know the trick where you shoot him and he lay down. It took me. He's so smart. It took, it took me one day to teach him that. And and he's uh, almost fifteen years old and he still knows it. But I better make sure I have a treat in my hand now, cause he that's that's how many times he's done. I gotta I gotta give him something to do it now. But before I, I taught him, he'll just do it. But you know, sometimes he didn't want to do it when companies around the dogs is too smart. He knows I'm making fun of him some, but he learned it. He learned it in one day, and that's the only trick I ever taught any of my dogs, cause he learned it in one day. I tell you, if he if he wasn't learning, I probably gave up. I don't have the pace. Over now. Now you're in the street league team, so uh, we're going to be helping you out a lot with that. <laughs> with that, all right. All right. I'm looking forward. I'm going to have to send someone down to pick up Gizmo. Yeah, yeah. I'm at the. How long? How long you got to keep him for though? Because I'm really attached to this asshole. 
uh, three weeks. Oh, okay, I, I can do three weeks. I can do three weeks without this one. Michael sends you pictures. He'll send you little videos. Yeah, I be... my my fiance Aaron will. <laughs> okay, that, that'd be good. That'd be good. I could probably I could probably get I could probably get my friend Lloyd to drive him up there. He likes he likes going to San Jose. Yeah, tell him bring him up. Bring Gilroy. We're about forty five minutes before then. Oh, uh, forty five minutes south. Yeah, so we're right, long... we're right before San Jose. Oh, that's a long that's a long drive from uh, from here. Huh? Like that... six. It's only what you're San Diego, Irvine. I'm I'm in Orange County. Yeah, six hours. Yeah. We did the we did the first street league trial over there. Um so we do have the K9 Street League second and last decoy certification trial um in Colorado Springs, which is if you guys don't know, this is where the Olympic Training Center is for America mm. because of elevation. So I've had uh, my experience there a few times working dogs where I thought I was in decent shape running, you know, six miles a day, flipping this giant tire. I was like, all right, I got this. You know, we're good. Like we're you know lifting things, doing my normal decoy workout stuff. And I went out there um, and I, I feel there's a video that's on uh, Ray Allen uh, about the new semi comp suit that we helped design. And thankfully they didn't show the point the parts where i was uh dying and almost willing to throw up because of the elevation sickness that i got um so for someone who's getting ready to go to this trial rampage what would you suggest with elevation and the dog holding on to you and you hit them wearing 20 pound plus suit what would you suggest their physical regiment be if you're going to be doing anything physical in elevation, you have to train in elevation, or, or unless you have like uh, the other technology where they got those hyperbaric chambers. But you have to you have to train in elevation. Every time I had a fight in elevation, I had to, I had to train at the same elevation or or a little higher. See, but lucky for me, I'm blood type uh, B, and I know that uh, my blood type we do well at elevation. But it's some people that just just don't do well in elevation. What's your blood type? If you know. Is that something you know? I've I've always wondered if I was fucking up by not knowing my blood type, and now you just made me feel even like stupider. Like he's like, "Oh, I'm blood type." Da 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 da. I'm like, I don't. Even, I'm 43 years old. I don't know what blood type I am. It's very important to know your blood type. But see, I'm learning. Okay, now I <laughs> now I gotta go research it. Like they said to that me when I had cancer. Like I'm not like I was like Jesus Christ. Like I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, don't go. Don't go all into the this. It could drive you crazy, but. But I learned I learned about blood type by fighting in Japan. You know how we do horoscope here. Uh, people in Japan they're, they're fucking aliens. They go by they go by um, blood types. Like if a girl if a girl like I've had girls like walk up to me in a, in a nightclub at a bar and talk to me and ask me what's your blood type. That's the first thing. Oh, first, can you imagine trying that? <laughs> yeah, everybody over there know the blood type and stuff. So you know my ex wife actually was a person. She told me my blood type. And you know, every time we fight, we gotta get a we gotta get a blood test. So I went and got a blood test and I asked her my blood type, and she was right. And then that's when I started learning about it. So I learned a lot about my blood type. I learned that um I could be a, a descendant of Genghis Khan. And um and um I learned that um I do well at high altitude, like a lot of people don't. I uh I, I didn't know that at first, but uh, boss Rudin, he told me that he could he can't train at high altitude, he gets sick, just like you said, you 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 know, you get you have a problem. You're sick. And some some people 
some blood types just don't do as well up there. So what you have to do is you have to um, you just have to you know elevate. You have to go up a little bit high, a little bit higher, then a little bit higher, and then then once you get used to it, train at the same altitude as whatever um, Denver is, and that's high. That's a mile high. That's that's the, that's that's over. That's that's like what twelve thousand feet, if I'm not mistaken. Eight, oh, it's over eight thousand. They're they're the highest peak in the United States, I think. That's why they have the uh, Olympic yeah. uh, training center there. That's the highest place. Yeah, I trained there for my fight when I fought John Jones, and I was there for like two months. And I tell you what, you know, even though I do I do well with high altitude, it took it took me like two weeks to get used to the the altitude. I tell you, it took me two weeks. No, I'm not. And Big Bear here, I. I go, I'm good. Like after a week, I still gotta get in shape, but after a week, I'm I'm fine. You know, when you walk upstairs and stuff and how to do you still out of breath. You just walk upstairs in the house and you breathing hard. The the shit that pissed me off about being in Colorado Springs was that I went to work dogs and I worked dogs and the and, I, and thank God for my buddy Jamoke Johnson. Um he <laughs> he uh gave me some water over there because like you you dehydrate real quick over there. Like I was working some dogs. And he's like, well, he's like, think about it this way. At least when, like, you know, you go to drink at the bar at the hotel, this was before COVID and all that stuff. Like, he's like, you're going to get drunk quicker. So I'm like, awesome, cheaper date. I don't have to buy, like, five shots. I can buy, like, one or two. You and get I go drunk to the bar, quicker, too? And then, and then <laughs> apparently you get drunk quicker. So yeah. then we go to the bar, and I'm, like, drinking. I'm like, I look at my, my fiance, Aaron. I'm like, I got the shit in and the stick on this motherfucker because I ain't I'm not getting drunk whatsoever. And I was like, I just got gassed the fuck out working this dog in freaking Colorado Springs and the up this hill. I was like, well, I guess uh, the genetics are telling me different here. <laughs> <laughs> well, find out your blood type. That might that might have, have something to do with it, but it, it, it could just be you too. But you, but sounds like you got to train at high altitude and take it up a, a notch. You can't just go straight to. You know, straight to it. Yeah, you can't go straight to it. You got to take it up a notch and get used to it. <laughs> That's uh, the, the the typical uh, primal canine fashion here. Yeah. KD, so I'm just sitting here not saying a word on that because I live in low Florida and I get out of breath walking on level ground below sea level. So <laughs> you guys can have your, yo, I was at a mile high. I was out of breath. And I'm just like, yeah. Let them talk about that. Yeah. Don't ask me any questions. Well, shoot, guys. Um, I'm going to wrap this up here pretty soon. Um, basically, everyone who's watching this right now, I think we have close to 1,100 people right now. Uh, you know, Rampage Jackson is going to be one of the you know the commentators. Katie Matthews, as always, is going to be one of the commentators. Uh, this is I'm going to Katie has convinced me to be one of the commentators. Yeah, uh, right, you um, as I should be, also I'm trying to like pull myself out of this. Um, but yeah, man, hey Rampage, I know you're a busy man. I and I, I can't I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you you respond to my text messages and DMs and uh, and, and always uh, are always receptive to everything. No, that, man, I, you know, I, I, remember, I remember you. You're a cool dude, man. Since I met you, man, I don't forget stuff like that. Even though I got a bad memory, I don't I don't I don't I don't forget when when people are cool, you know. I appreciate it, brother. It's it's uh, I know me talking to KD before. I was like, dude, I was like, I think I can get Rampage on this. And like, he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, I mean, this is when like COVID was at its height. And like, I was like, if I can get him in LA, he's like, I will fly down to 
LA right <laughs> right now. We 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 can get Rampage Jackson in there. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, we, 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 we make a good team, man. I'm I'm happy to be uh you know on board, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Like for me to get on the plane and get out there, it's gonna be a good time. We're gonna have fun. I'm looking forward to it. Well, cheers, guys. I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, you know, thanks for taking your time out of your Friday night. You know, it's eight o'clock here. I'm sure it's fucking eleven o'clock over at yeah. KD's. And then Rampage is on that same side. So I, I appreciate you guys. Um, everybody who's watching this, get prepared. Can I Street Leads a real thing? I got some awesome commentators on this whole thing, and we're gonna be working a lot of a lot of different angles and a lot of different fun stuff. I mean, we have not only our obedience routine, but our personal protections and combative routines. And then Nesbet's gonna be handling a lot of the scent detection. And then we have a new thing coming on with Nino Duarte. So a lot of fun stuff. Uh, and then we have Rampage fucking Jackson uh, being one of our main commentators. So I don't gotta wear a suit though, right? You can, you can be wearing exactly what you're wearing now. Oh, okay. You, you don't gotta wear anything, actually. I mean, they can. I mean, I'm pretty sure that'll draw. Hey, 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 we get. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got a private jet. Just have a couple <laughs> sips of that, and uh, don't worry about a thing. How <laughs> crazy! Oh, where it's oh, bro. This this was uh this was dialed down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know how it goes, Rampage. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in to thank you, this everybody. Thank you, dogs. Thank you, I'm gonna see you guys on the opposite side of this screen in the green room. Um, and everybody else, make sure you guys tune in to uh, PCU online. Make sure you check them out on you know on Instagram, Facebook, all the other stuff. Lots of cool things going on. Canine Street League coming up. We're gonna be in Colorado in April, Memphis sometime soon after that for the first trial. These two gentlemen here will be at that trial. We'll make it happen. Uh, and, yeah, lots of fun stuff. But thanks, guys. Thank you. See ya. Peace.